Good morning, happy Sabbath. This is a challenge for me. And I know God wants me to do this. So um, it's a privilege to be up here. And I'm not, um, I can't tell you a sermon because I don't know how. But they asked me to give my testimony, how I came to the Lord, how I was able to, um, to be here today. So if you remember what Gideon asked to the Lord, he asked for a sign. Well, I didn't ask for a sign. Uh, someone, a member of my family did. So I'm just going to tell you briefly what I know. Now, this is a story that has probably between six to eight different versions because there was, there was eight of us, and all of us have our own version of how we became seven-day Adventists, okay? Uh, I was born and raised in Mexico. I finished high school in Mexico, and then when I was um, around 18 years old, I came to the States. But I went back to Mexico, and then I came back when I was like 20. Um, my mom and dad, they're sitting on the back of the church. They have headphones because they don't speak English yet. But uh, my dad met my mom long time ago, and when he said to one of his friends, I'm going to marry that girl, that beautiful girl, his friend told him, no, you're not. She's completely different than you, and uh, she's a good girl, and you're not a good boy. So my dad tried his best to impress my mom, and he did impress my mom. And the only way he could have that girl, and it was by, through marriage, so he said, if I have to marry her, then I'll marry her. And he married my mom, and that was probably the second time he was in church since he was baptized as a little kid, and then he went to church and married my mom, and they got married through the Catholic church. Uh, my mom was a faithful Catholic, and um, she, she believed in God, and she, um, she would pray to God, and she would, um, she didn't have a Bible back then, because she said it was prohibited, like the Catholic priest would not allow you to read the Bible, so it was something that you were not allowed to do. But I remember as a little kid going to the Catholic church on a, a regular basis, and um, my mom on certain days, I remember my sister and I, she will put like this white dress and give us flowers and we have to take these flowers to the Virgin Mary or I don't know, but I was little and I remember doing that. Well, uh, my dad has been living here in the States since 1960, but he, he was going back and forth from the States to Mexico and my mom was staying in Mexico and my dad thought, oh, my kids are never going to be in the States. I mean, this is not a country for them. But then we made our own decisions, right? <laughs> so uh, during that time, I was five years old. My dad was, um, 
here in the States, and it was my birthday, and he said, uh, as a gift for my daughter, I'm going to stop smoking. And he stopped smoking when I turned five years old. And my mom was in Mexico, and when I was five, uh, my mom decided to move from one town to the other town where her mom was living. And we moved to this different town, and my mom was by herself many times because my dad was here in the States working. And my dad was very good at gambling, drinking, and doing everything else that he was not supposed to do. But he was doing what men do, right? They're supposed to drink. They're supposed to gamble. and But he was still providing for the family. My mom had a little business, and he, she was providing also for the family. So we grew up uh, knowing my dad as a ve being very strict father, and my mom was very strict too. My mom was strict in the matter that um, if we find a, like a volleyball on the street and we we bring it to the house, uh, she would say, no, take it back. Put it back where you found it, because whoever lost it is going to go back and find that ball. He would, she would not allow us to keep it. My mom was, and she still is, a very honest woman, and she is like black and white. Is it right or is wrong? There's no middle way. Like It has to be that way. So my mom was strict, my dad was strict, and plus my dad was very authoritarian, like a sergeant. So when my dad will speak, we have to listen. And you don't argue, you don't ask questions. But at the same time, I remember my dad being very loving. Um, I like to fall asleep on the couch so my dad can, can pick me up and take me to the bed, to my bed. And he will give me a kiss, uh, many kisses, like goodnight kiss, taking me back to my bed. And I remember that and I like it. I like that. So as a little kid, I don't know if April and his brother would like to go like Toys R Us, like a toy store. And then you're, what if your dad tells you, you can get a shopping cart and put whatever you want in that shopping cart, anything you want. So it wasn't only me, it was six of us. And we will take a shopping cart and get all the toys that we want, all of them. And we got all the toys we wanted. We go to the clothes store and get clothes, get shoes. When my dad will arrive to the shoe store, they knew, oh, Mr. Gill is here. So they will bring wine and pizza or Chinese food. And he had his table. And, he was, and while he was being served, we were being served too. And we will all get uh, between five to six pairs of shoes. And there were six of us. So when we uh, left the shoe store, we had so many shoes and we have so many toys and we have so much clothes. I remember giving away a lot of this stuff, brand new to my friends. So that was my life as a little kid. Um, my dad had a good business. He had, um, he had a, a bakery and he was working and making, uh, he wasn't making the bread, he had um, 
bakers to make it. And he was very good and giving us gift. I remember when I turned 15, he gave me this um, bracelet with my name. And he said, don't lose it. I pay 3,050 pesos on that time. I don't know how much it's now, but it was a lot of money. It was pure gold with my name on it. So he will give us a lot of jewelry, a lot of gold. He, and he, because that, that was the way to show love and appreciation for your family, and that was fine. Now, um, my mom likes to cook every birthday. He, she will uh, bake our, uh, a cake for us and prepare our own food. And what I liked the best, it was if it was my birthday, then the rest of my brothers and my sister, I only have one sister, they were my slaves. So they would get to do everything for me because it was my birthday. My mom allowed them. I'm like, okay, she wants water, bring her water. And uh, you know, so I like that. My mom makes us feel very, very special with food, with everything. And my dad makes us feel very special too. So we grew up happy, but we didn't know anything about God. Um, one time, my mom was taking a shower and she thought, you know, there's so many religions, so many church, churches in the world. Which one is the, the real church? Which one is your church, God? I don't know. I mean, I'm serving you, but I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. So I want to ask you for a favor. I want you to show me which one is the real church, which one is God's church. Have you ever thought of that? Why do we have so many churches and all, they all believe and they all think uh, it's the same thing because they're, they're all praising to the same Lord? Are we really doing that? Are we praising to the same Lord? How many here were born seven-day Adventists? Raise your hand. Okay, how many here were brought, like someone invited you to church and say, come with me? And we're going to show you, did, any, did a friend invite you to church? Yes? Okay. Well, in our case, our family, nobody introduced us to the church. Nobody brought us to church. But now I know it was the Holy Spirit. Because we didn't have a seven-day Adventist SDA um, friend who invited us. Nobody invited us. No one told us about the Bible. No one told us about the Sabbath. No one told us about the, the food we're supposed to eat to stay healthier. Uh, probably around 1980, my mom got diagnosed with the varies. Um, it was 1983, I think. She got diagnosed with a heart problem. And they told her she was going to die in a few months. So... Um, I turned 14, and I remember my mom said, I want to go to this photo studio and take a family photo because I'm going to die soon. And we don't even have a family photo. So we went and, and got that picture taken. And at the same time, my mom saw this doctor who was, he was actually his, her uncle. And this uncle, um, he was seven-day Adventist. 
but she didn't grow up with um, his dad's family, not even with her dad. It was um, when she was born, my grandmother got divorced and he disappeared and she was three years old. She never got to grow up with, the, with her father. But the uncles would look for her and my aunt every so often, but she wasn't like very um, familiar with them. Well, this uncle, he was a doctor, and when she knew the results, she went to see him and told him, you know, I'm going to die soon. What can I do? And he was the, is the holistic doctor, it's called? Like, it's all about nature and, and remedies and teas and stuff like that. Holistic doctor. So he said, well, you're going to stop eating all animal products. You're going to start walking, and you're going to do this, this, and that. And my mom did it. And she, we didn't know anything about Seventh-day Adventist Church, that they don't eat meat and stuff. But my mom started cooking uh, more meals with vegetables. And, and then she, was, she will cook the regular meal. When I was growing up, I never had pasta because, according to my mom, it was not a nutritional meal. It's just flour. So she said, no, you're not having that. So for us, she was giving us the best that she knew, and we were eating pork three times a day, seven days a week, and beef and chicken and everything else. My dad had a farm, um, pig farm, so we would get the meat from the pig farm, right? So we grew up eating that, and we didn't know any better. So... When she started eating all vegetables, we wanted to try her food, and we started eating the vegetables too. So my mom started cooking more vegetables and less meat and more vegetables, less meat, until half of the family became vegetarian, and the other half kind of vegetarian, but they were still eating meat. So through this doctor, we, when my mom was 15 years old, she visited a church with this doctor who is her uncle. And that church was an SDA church, but she didn't know. And she was 15. And now she was probably 45, 45 years old. And she didn't know about that church, but she prayed to God. And when she prayed, she asked, she actually put a, a, a sign. She said, and the sign that you're taking me to the real church, to your church, not any church, it's going to be that my husband, who drinks and gambles, and uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't go to church, or he doesn't pray with us or anything, he's going to take us to church, to that particular church that you want us to go. And that church is going to be your real church. So what, which one is God's church? We all think all the churches are the same. They're not. They're not the same. I'm sorry to tell you. If you think they're all the same and they're all praying to the same God, they're not. And we are, the Seventh-day Adventist church is a chosen church. And we have a particular message to tell the rest of the world. And if you're here and you think it's a coincidence, 
kind coincidence that you're here. It's not. It's not a coincidence. God wants you to be here. So as I told you, my dad had a bakery, and uh, he was, we will bake the Mexican bread. You, have you seen Mexican bread? Okay, Mexican sweet bread. We put it in the boxes of 50 uh, pieces of bread or 100 or 150 or 25, and then he will deliver that box to the stores. And we will go and work at the, in the bakery, all of us, a little bit. I mean, not so much. I never liked it. <laughs> I like to stay in the house, and I will prepare lemonade for them and cook for them, but I didn't want to work in the bakery. My dad, on, um, it happened to be that on Saturdays around 12, he will pass in front of this Seventh-day Adventist church that he didn't know it was a Seventh-day Adventist church, and he will see these people hugging and talking, and they were so happy, and they looked happy. And as I told you, my, my dad was doing very well with the bakery. He was able to get... Um, two brand new cars from the dealer every two years and paid them off because he had money for that. Um, my sister was going to high school and she was driving her own car. My brother had her own car and I was driving another car that it was left in the house and I was 12 years old and I was driving and everything I wanted, I had it. I never had to ask for anything. I had everything. So... My dad said, um, they think they're happy, but they're not. I'm happier than them. Look at all this money I have in my pocket. And he saw people from different uh, class, like in Mexico we have high class, middle class, and, and all the, well, here too. Um, he saw these people going, leaving the church in bicycles. Other ones, they were driving big, old, big trucks, fancy cars. And they were all hugging each other, talking to each other. There was no difference. They were all equal. And my dad got jealous, and he said, mm, they think they're happier than me. But I'm happier than them because I have God, and I have God in my pocket, and this is my God. Now, my, God, my dad, by this time, he had stopped drinking for about seven years. When my sister turned 15, and if you're living here long enough in the Southern California, you know what quinceañera is? That we celebrate the, when the girls turn 15, and we have this big party, and, and we're presenting our daughters to society, so now they can have boyfriends, right? So my sister was gonna have her quinceañera, and my dad said, look, uh, let's celebrate your quinceañera. And my sister said, no, I don't want you to celebrate anything for me. I don't want it. And my dad said, why not? Come on. And they insisted, insisted until it was like a week left. And my sister said, okay, I'm going to tell you. And don't get offended, don't get mad, but this is the, this is the truth. I don't want to have a quinceañera because you're going to be drinking and, I'm gonna, and I feel embarrassed when people see you drinking and you're drunk and I, I don't want that to happen. And my dad said, well, I'll make you a promise. If you allow me to celebrate your birthday, 
then I promise you I'm not going to drink. I promise you. And my sister said, no, I don't, I don't believe you. He said, I promise you I will not drink and I will ever again drink in my life. I promise you. And this is a, a Friday and her birthday was going to be Sunday. And he said, okay. And my sister said, okay, I believe you. You say you're not going to drink, you're not going to drink. So when we have a quinceañera, then we can get um, friends who are like, 14 girls to represent each year of that uh, girl who's turning 15. So what they did on Friday night, they went and asked her friends and the parents said, would you allow your daughter to participate in the quinceanera for our daughter? And of course, everybody said, no, <laughs> we don't have money to buy the dress. We don't have money to pay for this to pay anyone to make the dress or anything. So my dad said, don't worry. I will hire people to sew those dresses, 14 dresses in two days, and I'll pay for everything. Don't worry. So then the family said, yeah, well, I love my daughter to participate. So my dad paid for 14 dresses, shoes, and hair style and everything so my, my sister could have her quinceañera. And he kept his word. He kept at his word, he didn't drink, and he hasn't had alcohol ever since then. The Holy Spirit was working already in our family. Now, this happened, I don't know when. When did you turn 15, Hilda? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> anyway, the Holy Spirit was working already. So my dad has stopped work, uh, drinking, but then he was drinking coffee like there was no tomorrow. Big old cup of water, hot water, five spoons of instant coffee, no creamer, no nothing, just the coffee. So his temper changed. It was so difficult. When my dad came from work, my dad is home. We have to behave our best and don't make a noise, don't make a, a sound. Don't say anything. If don't, they don't ask you a question, you don't answer. We just try to hide or not to be in front of him because he was so angry. He was angry all the time. So on Sundays or Saturday mornings, he would like to wake us up and say, hey, let's go to the theater and we're going to watch a movie. And we don't say which movie. We don't say anything. We just get dressed and go. We don't, we don't argue. So one Saturday morning, he, he said, get up, get ready. We're going to leave in 30 minutes. We couldn't ask, where are we going? Are we going to the beach? Are we going to the movies? Where are we going? No, we couldn't ask. We didn't have the right to ask. So we just got up and changed, and we thought we were going to watch a movie. So he drove about... 45 minutes, and then he stopped in front of this building with an arch in front that says, welcome to Seventh-day seven Adventist Church. And he stopped the car, and he said, get off the car, go in the church, sit down, and listen so you can tell me what's going on in there. He didn't want to get off the car. 
I would like to have a fan facing this way. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm sorry. Um, thank you. Uh, so it was six kids, and the youngest one, who was my brother, he was like seven years old, and, he's, and he was being raised like, you're the man, and you're a very macho man. He was, he was seven years old, and he was wearing his cowboy boots. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I get really. He was wearing cowboy boots and his pants and, and hat and everything because he was the macho, you know, he was the little one. And he's and my brother, he said, um, aren't you getting down? You're not going to go in with us? And he said, no, you guys go. And then you tell me what's in there. And he said, my brother told him, are you afraid? Aren't you a man? Aren't you a macho man? Are you afraid? And my dad said, no, I will go. And then my brother grabbed my dad from the hand, and they both. And we came to the um, church. It has two doors like this one. And we didn't know where we were going. So I remember coming in, and it was eight of us, right? We came in, and we sat in the third or fourth bench on the right and there was a whole bunch of kids in front of the church with a special uniform. And they were telling a story that they had come to a campery in Colorado in 1986, around that time. And they were telling their experience. In 1986, they went to Pathfinder Campery in Colorado. And I don't know what they were talking about. All I saw, it was the Pathfinder director. He was very handsome. So I was just looking at him, and I thought, it was, oh, I was 17. So I was like, oh, he's very handsome. And then he was wearing a uniform, and you know, man in uniform, they look even better. <laughs> so I don't know what they said, but my dad paid attention to the sermon. And guess, well, the pastor wasn't and the church, it was the first um, elder who was preaching, and he was preaching about Daniel 2nd, Daniel 2, prophecy. King Nebuchadnezzar, ah, there you go, that was my test. <laughs> and my dad said, hey, I know about this story, I... I remember this story from school, from um, sixth grade. I remember the story of Babylon and this king and everything that this happened. So this brother was preaching about that, and my dad was thinking, I know this story, but how come they're not talking about God? How come they're not? I thought this was a church, and they're not talking about God. At the end of the sermon... Um, we were, were like lining up to go out and the pastor stands at the door like we still do. They stand at the door and they, they're greeting everyone, right? So my dad was first, then my mom, then my sister Hilda, my brother Gabriel, me, and three more. And we were walking and the pastor, well, the brother who, who preached, uh, said, thank you for coming. We were so glad that you came today. And my dad said, yes, we came and we're going to stay. 
And my mom hit my dad on the back, like, slap him, like, don't be a liar. Why are you saying we're, we came to stay? I mean, we don't even know what this is, and you're saying that we're going to stay. Well, that happened in 1986 or 85, I'm not sure. 85. 1985, and we haven't missed a Sabbath ever since then. The pastor came from his vacation. He was taking a special class and, um, in another area. When he came, they told him, hey, there's this family coming to church every Sabbath. And where they are from, there's no SDA church. What should we do? So the pastor and the, one of the, I th Brother Liberato was a deacon. I think he was a deacon. Huh? Duarte? Yeah, I think it was the first deacon and the pastor. They started driving 45 minutes. How many kilometers? It's from to church. ¿Cuántos kilometers, papá? 45 kilometers. About an hour driving to, to the nearest church. We have to drive all that distance. And they have to drive that distance to go and give us the Bible study. And we started go, uh, listening to Bible studies. We started, um, and they said, who invited you? No one. No one invited us. Uh, my grandmother, my mom's mother, when she, one day, she came to the house, and I remember I was taking a nap. And I woke up because I heard someone crying and screaming and yelling. And she came to the house with all our pictures that my mom had gave her, her with all her pictures and throw them on the, on the dining table and said, you are not my family anymore. I know you're going to a church and I know you guys gonna get baptized. Who told her? No one told her. My mom doesn't know how my, mom, my grandmother found out. But she came and she was so angry and I heard, I remember waking up and and she was crying and, and yelling and screaming like someone had died. So she was very hurt, my grandmother, because she was losing a daughter. Now, remember, my dad used to have a lot of money. We could have everything we want. Well, as soon as we started becoming Seventh-day Adventists and we started reading the Bible, everything went bad. The business went bad. He had, he had to close the bakery. We'd, we lost everything everything. And she was, my grandmother was very angry. She, she said, is that pastor is taking all your money. That's why you don't have a business anymore. It's that pastor. So I was 18. My sister was a little bit older than me. And she said, I'm going to the States, to San Pedro, California. And she invited us, my sister invited my sister and invited me. And she said, you, would you like to come with us, with me? And I, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So we got our passports, our visa, everything ready. And she, in our way here, she said, I brought you here so you can forget about that church. Because we got baptized, and we, I was baptized for a year when she decided to, to bring us here because she wanted us to forget about that church. 
And when we were uh, studying the Bible, studying all the um, lessons, my mom remembered and said, I asked God to show me which one is the God's church, the, the truth, show me the true church. And the sign was going to be what? My dad will take us to church. My dad never took us to church. He will take us to the theater. He will take us to buy clothes, to buy toys, to buy shoes. But he will never take us to church. My mom will send us to church. My mom, will, my mom used to pay tithes to the Catholic church. And she will do all the rituals that she was supposed to do as a Catholic. But she was uncomfortable, and she asked the Lord, guide me to your church. Guide me to you. And this is going to be the sign, like the, the verses we read in the Bible, in Judge 6.36. He asked for a sign, and that sign was given. So if you think this is a coincidence, coincidence, and this is another challenge for me because <laughs> I had to learn English as a second language after almost when I was 20. So um, if this is not a coincidence. Um, when we were getting our Bible studies, my dad was driving. One time we were driving back to the house. My sister was in the car. I was in the car. My dad was driving, of course. And I don't know who else was in the car. But um, I remember my dad saying, well, your mom is very excited with this Bible studies. If she wants to get baptized in that church, she can. I mean, I give her permission. <laughs> and I said, my brother Gabriel, he's very interested. I think he's going to get baptized. My dad said, I'm not going to get baptized. My sister said, mm -mm, me neither. I'm not going to get baptized. And I don't remember saying anything, but uh, after receiving that, the Bible studies was a challenge. And put it this way, my dad said, uh, come and give us Bible studies, but then he will take off. He was never home. So the pastor noticed that, and what did he do? He started going to work with my dad. So he can preach and, te and tell him the stories and, and uh, about the, um, everything about the Bible. And the pastor was probably, um, his height, I think he was like 5'1". And my dad thought he was nobody because he was short. And my dad was tall. And I have more money than you. And you're just a pastor. So... My dad didn't treat him well, and he was, like, playing jokes on him and stuff, but he was, but the pastor was doing what he was supposed to do. He showed compassion. The pastor showed compassion, showed um, he cared for my dad, and he didn't, he never got mad at all the things that my dad did. So there was an uh, Sabbath in May, I think it was May 24th, and there was going to be baptism at church, and it was all the kids that they wanted to get baptized, they, they could get baptized. 
Now, my brother, my youngest brother was seven. The next one was probably 10. And the, the, the next one was probably like 14. And they said, we're going to get baptized. And we, we, my mom and dad said, well, if you guys want to get baptized, get baptized. It's okay. It's fine. So the pastor came and asked my dad, would you like to get baptized? And my dad said, no, I don't want to. And he said, I will get baptized only with one condition. And the pastor said, what's the condition? Next Sabbath is May 31st, and it's my birthday. I will get baptized only on my birthday. And the pastor said, well, okay, then we'll organize new baptisms just for you. And so we'll six, not six, five kids and mom and dad, we all got baptized the same day. My dad went first, and then my mom, then my sister Hilda, then Gabriel, then Alicia, and Daniel and Omar, they were already baptized the week before. And the little one, seven-year-old, he said, no, I'm going to wait until I'm 12, because that's when can I, I, I can make my own decision. So he waited, and he got baptized later on. So the whole family got baptized the same day. Uh, half of the family was already vegetarian. My mom's still vegetarian. Hilda's vegetarian. I have two brothers who are vegetarians. And we changed our diet, not because the church told us. It was because of health issue with my mom seven years prior to that. So half of the family was already vegetarian when we went to seven-day Adventist church for the first time. I'm thankful and I'm grateful that God kept us safe. And until today, we're still here and we're showing our kids. My kids were born seven-day Adventists. And I think all my mom and dad's grandkids are, were born seven-day Adventists. Um, a lot of our relatives know that we live in a different way. And at first they didn't accept us. Now they accept us, and now they're looking for the truth too. So there's a way that you can teach a Bible. I don't know how to teach the Bible. I, I became Seventh-day Adventist about 30 years ago, 31 years ago. And I always stayed in a Hispanic church. Even when I came to the States, I looked for a Hispanic Seventh-day Adventist church. Until recently, 20 months ago, I moved to Crestline, and I decided, hey, I should stay in the English-speaking church so I could learn the terminology, and, and the, it's been a challenge since I got here. They asked me to teach Sabbath school in English, and I'm like, what? I never done it in Spanish. Like, how am I going to teach it in English? Well, I've been practicing, and God has been blessing me, and I think um, I've been doing a good job, right? Okay. <laughs> and now I have to tell my testimony, and I'm glad. Um, our Sister White says, I think it's Sister White, that if you don't know, if you don't know how to preach, you don't know the Bible like from Genesis to Revelation, 
All you have to do is go out and tell your testimony to others. So you can bring others to the feet of Jesus. Let's do that. I, 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 I'm trying to invite you to do the same thing. When you go out, don't, you don't have to bring your Bible. Just tell your testimony. Just tell others what God has done to you. All the good things that he had done to you. All those blessings that we, our kids passed the test for nursing. And our kids finished nursing school. And they're healthy. They can walk. They can eat by themselves. So let's tell others what Jesus has done for us. He died for our sins. He gave us salvation. And that's what we're learning on Sabbath school. That Jesus died for us and gave us salvation. All we have to do is to believe that Jesus died for us. That's all we have to do. And after that, then we're going to start behaving differently. We're going to start eating, talking, and walking differently. So if Jesus is in your heart and you're willing to walk out of these doors and tell your testimony, please stand up. And we're going to have a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much today for waking us up. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us, for giving us the opportunity to serve you and to tell others that you are the only God who is alive, who is still waiting for us to come to you. Please allow us, Lord, to help others to bring them closer to you. Send your angels, and especially, Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, that I'm certain that it was him who brought us to this church, that it's him who is bringing others to you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for coming and dying for our church for our sins and thank you because you give us the opportunity to serve you and tell others about you give us a special day blessed day the rest of the sabbath and especially we pray lord to bless for our meal the food that we're going to have after this service that it could um, be good for our body and it could give us strength to continue keeping the Sabbath. Thank you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.